0: Welcome to the Just Pod, a podcast by the Criminal Justice section of the ABA, the unified voice of criminal justice. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Just Pod. I'm your host, Emily Johnson, and today we have Lucien Durban, professor at Belmont University College of Law and our current chair of the criminal justice section of ABA. So Lucien, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with us today and uh, yeah, let us know what's going on with the section. So give us an update since this is the first of our check-ins with the chair. Let us know um, what your priorities were beginning your Year as chair for the ABA criminal justice section, and um, yeah, and what direction we're headed with those priorities.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of this new launched podcast series. I think it's going to be a great way to interact with the membership and the larger criminal justice community uh, and really ensure that people know about all the wonderful opportunities there are to engage uh, in issues around criminal justice through the work of the section. Um, When I started in this position at the beginning of the fall uh, of 2018, uh, one of the, I think, most interesting and and enjoyable aspects of of my new role as chair was to get to see just how many things we're engaged in. Uh, The work of the committees, uh, our standards projects, our conferences, uh, all of the kind of educational uh, programming that we're undertaking, it's just remarkable. And of course, all of that emanates from the the ideas and the energy of our membership, and really that's been one of my main priorities for the year. I mean, of course, there are many pressing criminal justice issues for which we have launched task forces, uh, for which we continue to do work with uh, in regards to our standards projects and the work of our various committees. But from a very top level perspective, my thought coming into this job was, uh, let's ensure that the committees, that the members have the resources uh, to be successful in bringing issues to our attention and working on those issues and proposing ways to move forward. Um, And and that's sort of where I've focused a lot of my energies. Um, We saw that, I I think, in the fall uh, with our fall conference, for example. The theme of this year's fall conference was to highlight the work that the committees are engaged in. And we got to see uh, just an incredible diversity of perspective uh, and projects that really spoke to the wide range of, uh, of projects um, that we're working on as, as a section. And so my priority here, uh, we're about halfway through, I guess, my year as chair, uh, is to just continue to encourage that work. Um, for a very long time, we're coming up on the 100th anniversary uh, of the creation of the criminal justice section of the ABA. Uh, and so for, for almost a century now, uh, we as a group uh, have relied on our membership Uh, for the energy, for the work, for the ideas, uh, to really make a difference uh, in in the field of criminal justice. And I think that that that's really my goal for the year, to keep that momentum going uh, and to ensure that we keep adding our voice as new issues arise and as old issues come back to the forefront.
0: Great. And so you mentioned that we've created... Uh, task forces to address some of those high-level issues that we wanted to address can you tell tell us um, what task forces were created um, and and sort of the reasoning behind why those were created
1: right so we had some task forces that continue to do their work from last year task forces of the section typically last around 12 to 18 months um, but as I came into this position, I, I wanted to immediately launch two new task forces to work on some issues uh, that would be unique for this year and would represent some, some new territory uh, for us. And as I mentioned, this is sort of part of the larger uh, theme for the year of, of really giving people the resources and the support uh, to talk about the issues that they bring to us and, and that they, they uh, highlight for us as being areas of pressing concern. And so the two areas where I launched task forces immediately were, first, uh, to create a women in criminal justice task force. Um, This is a task force that is going to address the unique challenges uh, of women uh, in the criminal justice field. And, you know, it's a a broad topic. Uh, For that reason, this task force will actually last for the next three years. Uh, and, and part of the reason for that was the breadth of topics that, it, that are going to have to be addressed by this, by this group. And so I'm very thankful for the leadership uh, of the co-chairs of this, uh, of this new task force, uh, both very active uh, members of the criminal justice section, uh, Tina uh, Longo and uh, Carla LaRoche. Uh, and they've already done just an amazing job really getting this group first put together, Uh, Secondly, to come up with what I think is an incredible plan for the next three years that starts uh, with a year of really listening and establishing what are the issues that need to be addressed. Uh, And they held their first, uh, in fact, listening session at the Fall Institute in D.C. in November of 2018, and they plan to hold another listening session uh, here at the mid-year meeting where we're recording today, uh, and then also in Nashville for our spring meeting Uh, in April of 2019 Uh, and so I mean I'm really excited about the work of this group I think this is this was uh, needed this is an area of pressing concern and I think from what I've seen of the work of the group thus far they have just jumped right in and begun to develop a really strong plan uh, for how they envision moving forward over the next three years to begin by identifying the issues uh, to then begin to craft some responses, and after three years, to really come out with a solid plan uh, and recommendations for us as a section, uh, as a profession, as a community about how to address uh, these unique challenges. So I'm, I'm really excited about the, the work of that uh, of that task force. The second task force that I uh, created uh, when I began as chair uh, is the Plea Bargaining Task Force, which is also... Uh, beginning to get off the ground uh, at this point. It's a task force that I think is also uh, very necessary at this point. We know uh, that plea bargaining or pleas of guilt account for 98% roughly of federal convictions, 95% of state convictions, and although the data is not very clear, uh, we think that around 75% of those uh, pleas of guilt are in response to some kind of plea bargain, either a promise of leniency of some kind or perhaps a threat of punishment if the individual proceeds to trial. And so as the Supreme Court said back in 2012, uh, plea bargaining really is the criminal justice system of today. Uh, It's not the same trial system that we would have thought of 100 years ago. The system really is very different. And despite the growth of plea bargaining over the last uh, several decades to reach the level of dominance that it currently holds, uh, there hasn't been as much focus as we might have imagined. That's beginning to change at this point as a lot of uh, groups have begun to look more closely at plea bargaining over the last few years. The Supreme Court has also begun to render decisions in the plea bargaining area with greater frequency than we had ever seen before. And so it seemed like the time was right for the section to really take a close and hard look uh, at some of the unique challenges that are presented by a system dominated by pleas and begin to come up with some thoughts on what are best practices moving forward in this area? What are, what are some of the challenges that people are encountering today that might be unique because of plea bargaining? Uh, and, and how do we think we should address those for the future? So I'm excited about both of these uh, task forces. I think that there will likely be Uh, one or two more task forces based on some other areas of law that we've seen a lot of movement in uh, this year, and I'll be announcing those uh, later this spring. Uh, But I'm excited for the work of these groups. I mean, the task force work is an area where those who want to be more engaged with the section can find a lot of opportunity for really interesting work that uh, is going to have an impact on the way that criminal justice is administered and and the way the process works in America.
0: Mm -hmm. And... The section has been seeing other activities among other committees and other existing task forces, like you mentioned. Uh, what are some of the other highlights of the section or activity highlights that have been going yeah, on?
1: Yeah, so as I said, uh, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed when I started this position is to really be in the weeds on all the work that's happening at all different levels of, of uh, the criminal justice section and so you know to have the opportunity to really hear about all the incredible work that's being done by our membership has been a real pleasure for me um of course we do have a a number of other task forces that continue to meet and wrap up their work we also have our standards committee which is always a very active uh, group and there's always a lot of uh, very complex projects that are being worked on by uh, by the standards committee Uh, i know that the sentencing uh, task force of the standards uh, committee has been working very hard to uh, begin the process of updating our our standards uh, to make sure that the standards that we as a section have created related to sentencing are up-to-date and we also uh, have seen the juvenile justice uh, work of the standards committee begin to accelerate as well so just a couple of highlights of of the great work being done by that group you know for those who aren't familiar standards of course again is a great area where someone who wants to get more involved can uh, can, can really uh, make a difference in creating uh, these best practices that are very influential. They're often cited by courts, uh, they're relied on by the practicing bar to make determinations about how best to move forward, uh, and they have really now for, for many decades um, been a central uh, aspect of the work of the section and the way that we engage in the larger criminal justice community. So it's been exciting to see uh, the work of that group continue to develop and, and to touch uh, more and more areas of, of criminal justice We've also of course had a lot of uh, exciting conference events uh, in the first half of the year as we always do uh, I think one of the first conferences that I attended after becoming chair was the southeast white-collar crime uh, Institute uh, in Georgia just a really nice event that brought together leaders in the white-collar crime bar to talk about uh, all the various cutting edge issues uh, in that discipline, Um, and I really enjoyed the chance to interact with our membership uh, there. Uh, We also had, uh, related to white collar crime, we had the uh, London White Collar Crime Institute in October. Uh, This is a uh, annual event that happens in early October of every year in London, and has really established just a a great alumni base of of people who like to attend this each year to find out uh, what what is the latest in in international white-collar crime, particularly with a focus uh, on Europe and uh, and the UK. And, of course, as you might imagine, with all of the talk of Brexit, uh, there were just some fascinating discussions this year about what might be coming uh, next. And Mm -hmm. uh, later this year, we're going to hold the global white-collar crime institute in Prague, Uh, And uh, we're going to address a lot of those issues there as well. So I think a lot of really interesting work happening at the international level uh, there for us. Of course, the highlight of our our fall conferencing uh, is the fall institute of the section, which occurs annually in D.C. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we decided that for this year, what we'd like to do is really give the committees an opportunity to highlight some of the work that they've been doing uh, and talk about uh, the projects that they're engaged in and the topics that are of interest to those committees and their membership. And so, uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's too many committees and too many interesting projects to highlight all of them uh, in a one-day program. But we were able to select quite a few and uh, just had a really strong turnout and a very engaged discussion about a number of different uh, issues ranging from uh, Guantanamo Bay and, and where things stand there uh, to uh, prosecutors as agents of change uh, and, and, again, a, a whole host of additional co- uh, panel discussions that occurred on that day. And uh, I think it was really uh, a great opportunity uh, for the memberships to learn more about other committees and what they're working on, and also for us generally as a section to really highlight the great work of the committees and, and, and thank the committees. Uh, because obviously, you know, at a core level, as I've mentioned, the work of the section comes from the membership. And in the same way, it comes from the committees because those are, are sort of the places where these ideas and these projects germinate and where they first begin. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to really share and talk about and celebrate the work that those committees are engaged in. So I mean it was a it was a great, busy, you know, very busy, very enjoyable fall. And uh, it was really, really just a wonderful opportunity to see so many different things happening. Uh, at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm. So let's talk about uh, a unique project. Um, I know we're going to follow up with you uh, in a separate podcast interview, so everyone look forward to that. But there's a unique program that the section has been able to partner with. Can you mention that? Sure. Legal Fellowship.
1: So the... You know, so we've talked a little bit about the fall and all the different projects that we were engaged in uh, in the fall. And, of course, we could, we could just keep going and going. You know, we've only sort of scratched the surface on what we were up to in the fall. Um, but one of the, the sort of highlights was to begin the new year kind of reflecting back on the work we had done in 2018 uh, by traveling in, in early January to D.C. Uh, to join leaders in the criminal justice section, to join... Uh, the mayor of D.C. along with the president-elect of the ABA at the uh, D.C. Uh, Mayor's Office of Returning Citizen Affairs Paralegal Fellowship Graduation. And this is just a, an incredible program. It's one that we've partnered with the D.C. Mayor's Office with uh, for quite some time now to help to develop it and and uh, to help uh, find uh, fellowship opportunities for the graduates when they're done. And The idea here is that the uh, that the, uh, the D.C. mayor's office has a very competitive process of selecting a handful of previously incarcerated citizens who are interested uh, in paralegal work, and they select uh, these, uh, these individuals, and they then attend Georgetown's paralegal program, uh, which, is, which is an incredible program uh, to be a part of. And when they've graduated, uh, they enter into a one-year fellowship at major D.C. law firms, and these fellowships are, are fully paid with full benefits and is meant to be an opportunity for the uh, previously incarcerated individuals to really get a foothold into a career for the rest of their lives. And we know uh, that successful reentry is a key to reducing recidivism and to finding people success uh, in their new lives outside of the criminal justice system. And so I'm really uh, hopeful that this is gonna be An incredibly uh, successful project and in fact we're hopeful that this is something we might be able to roll out um, more nationally because we know there's a lot of need uh, for more reentry projects uh, and for for ways for those who have been previously incarcerated to really find uh, careers that can be lasting Mm -hmm. um, to ensure they have a really good foothold back in the community and an opportunity for Success. So it was a, a great way to sort of end 2018 and a great way to start 2019.
0: Great. So, speaking of 2019, we're here at the mid year meeting in Las Vegas. And can you tell us about the section activities here at the mid year meeting?
1: So, we, we've got a lot of different activities that we're engaged in uh, here in Las Vegas. Um, A lot of the committees of the section uh, will be be meeting, and I've I've enjoyed the chance to stop by a lot of those uh, committees to hear what new projects they have planned for uh, 2019 and the issues that are being raised by their membership. As I mentioned earlier, the Women in Criminal Justice Task Force is also gonna hold their uh, second listening session here uh, in Las Vegas, and so uh, it'll be very interesting to uh, learn and, and hear about what they've heard in that meeting as they continue to develop their plan going forward for future years. Uh, we're also doing uh, a CLE program uh, today on uh, putting ice on ice. And so this is sort of our, you know, what we typically do at, at the mid-year meeting is we do a little bit of CLE programming. We, we sort of take uh proposals from various committees and we try to hold a couple of different sessions and then we really create a lot of opportunity for committees to come together and sort of do planning for the year and, and think about what might be next and it's also a nice opportunity for us to have a, a reception at the end of the day so we can interact with our with our membership and, and so um, those are some of the things that we're doing here uh, in Las Vegas we're also of course preparing for uh, our next big meeting which is going to occur in Nashville uh, in April And that'll be our spring um, CLE uh, meeting. You know, I'll just, you know, uh, to mention um, one of the things from one of the committee meetings that I just attended. So um, I was fortunate to have the chance to attend uh, the Racial Justice and Diversity Committee meeting um, shortly before coming to our our taping of the podcast here. And just a really fascinating discussion was occurring uh, in that committee about the impact of cash bail on minority communities and all of the really innovative work that's happening um, nationally uh, regarding the idea of bail reform and the idea of creating charities to post bail for individuals who can't afford to post bail themselves. I heard a story uh, when I was in the room about a a woman who was arrested uh, for selling food uh, in the subway in, in New York City. And she was doing it, obviously, to, to make ends meet for her family. Uh, she would wake up at 4 in the morning to uh, make the food, and then she would go to the subway and sell it to commuters. And when she was brought before the judge, the judge uh, was requiring $250 for her to be released. And, of course, she looked at her counsel and simply said, there's just no way. Uh, $250, I, you know, I'm going to have to stay uh, in pretrial detention. And those are the kind of stories that really move you and and lead you to realize uh, how pressing the issue of of bail reform is. And it's certainly an issue that's high on the list of priorities for our section and I think for the criminal justice community nationally. And so that's just one example of sort of the really uh, engaging and interesting discussions that are happening uh, in our committee meetings, at the mid-year meeting, and of course, conversations like that. strategy sessions on you know what kind of work we as a section and as and our committees can do uh, in that regard those are happening all the time um, at the committee level at meetings like this and at the meetings we have throughout the year when the committees have a chance to get together the other big thing that we're going to do here at mid-year is that there will be the meeting of the house of delegates uh, and that will occur uh, later in the week and of course that's where resolutions that have uh, have come through the criminal justice section will be offered uh, for a vote at the House. Um, And I I will note that the criminal justice section is one of the most, and has for a very long time, been one of the the most active uh, sections of the American Bar Association with regards to resolutions. And we've just tackled a host of different issues over the years that we wanna bring to the attention of our colleagues, and also by creating Uh, resolutions on these that get passed by the House, Uh, it allows the American Bar Association more generally to take a position when these issues arise Uh, and it allows for the American Bar Association to lobby on these issues, for example uh, when there's relevant legislation uh, or for us to speak to the issue uh, through the amicus process when there's a case before the Supreme Court. So this is a really important and fundamental aspect of the work uh, that we do and I'm excited to say that we have uh, four Uh, resolutions that are being examined uh, or sorry that are going to be voted on at this year's uh, meeting of the House of Delegates here at the mid-year meeting and these are things that we uh, addressed and voted on uh, during the meeting of the Criminal Justice Section Council um, at the Fall Institute in DC uh, back in in November of 2018. So the four issues that we're uh, going to be uh, advancing to the House Uh, this week are, one, a resolution that we passed urging the Attorney General to rescind the Zero Tolerance and Operation Streamline immigration policies, and that urges a more individualized determination of whether to file criminal charges in each case. Um, Another resolution that we'll be advancing uh, urges legislatures to define uh, criminal arrests, charges, and dispositions that are eligible for expungement and to set procedures for that expungement process. Obviously, uh, the issue of expungement and the effect of criminal records uh, on individuals, the collateral consequences of that has been an issue that's been much discussed uh, over the last year in the criminal justice community uh, generally, and, and this is our, uh, our work to sort of weigh in on that issue for the American Bar Association more generally. Uh, the other two resolutions uh, that will be examined here Uh, The first urges legislatures to enact legislation to provide women prisoners with unrestricted access to free toilet paper and a range of feminine hygiene products. And the final uh, resolution urges legislatures to clearly define child torture and make child torture a felony offense and to also promote training of court and medical personnel um, regarding how to, uh, to deal with these cases and how to work on these types of So just sort of an an example of the kinds of resolutions that come through uh, the criminal justice section uh, each year. Again, we rely heavily on the committees to uh, identify issues for which we need to have a resolution, to draft the resolution and the accompanying report, and then to bring it to council for the council to uh, take a look at and and to vote on and then pass it through our delegates to the House of uh, Delegates, of the American Bar Association for a vote so that it can become official ABA policy. So again, we've talked a lot today about all of the many opportunities that exist for our membership to be engaged in the work of the section and the issues that are important to the criminal justice community as a whole. And this is yet another example of that. So if you're a member of a committee and you have an issue that you really feel needs to be addressed by the American Bar Association and it has not been uh, to your satisfaction at this point, I encourage you to talk with your committee about the opportunity of creating a resolution and a report and bringing that to council for us to uh, to work with. Uh, this is where all of those issues that are really fundamentally affecting people day in and day out, in the trenches of the criminal justice community, how they can come uh, up through the committees and become an issue that is the focus of the American Bar Association more generally.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. and. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, there are two times of the year that kind of overlap right now um, where members of the section can put forward their colleagues, friends and associates for, um, for nominations. The first nominations is to help make up the council of the criminal justice section. Um, we've already collected those nominations for this year, right? And so that's and, correct, yeah. Yeah. And so. the
1: nominations committee is actually going to be meeting here in Las Vegas as well. So we talked about all of the different committees that will be meeting and, and, and doing their works here uh, at the mid year meeting. The nominations committee of the criminal justice section is also one of those. So we've, we received just an incredible uh, large group of names to consider. Uh, for various leadership roles in the section, and so that committee will come together uh, tomorrow, in fact, and, and look at all of those nominations and and make some, uh, some selections for the years to come. Of course, it's such a deep pool. I have to encourage people, you know, apply, and if you don't get selected the, for one of the leadership positions, such as a council position your first year, keep applying, uh, because we have just this very deep pool of very actively engaged individuals, and we are always looking for opportunities for those people to serve. And so if this is not the year where we're able to find a spot on council for you, apply next year because we want to get you involved in the work of the council and the work of leadership. And we also, you know, to the extent that we have you know, just so many people who are interested in this work and we can't find a spot, for instance, on council for everybody, we are always then reaching out to those individuals because they've expressed that interest in being more actively involved. We're always reaching out to them to say, What ways do you want to be more involved? You know, council, you know, a council spot might not have been available this year. We're hoping that it's going to be available in the coming years. What do you want to work on in the meantime? You know, and we want to try to find those opportunities for you. So, I mean, this goes for, you know, anybody who's been active with the section for a long time, all the way to somebody who's never done any work with the section but wants to be active. Reach out to us and let us know. We are always looking for people who are interested Uh, in serving in various capacities with the section and we always have new projects that people are working on and we would love to get you involved in that. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, the stuff that I'm hearing about is stuff that I would like to work on myself, email me, email uh, the executive director of the section or a member of staff, email your committee chairs or email just somebody that you know who's involved with the section uh, and let them know of your interests and we're going to be sure to reach out to you and find you a spot where you're going to be happy and you're going to get to offer the contributions to the work of the section that you're hoping to.
0: Mm-hmm. And another fun thing that the section does is recognize leaders in the field of criminal justice through the criminal justice section awards. Um, and we have opened up the nominations process for that and that will continue through um, through the coming months. And, and that information is also available on the website. And the nominations process that For council that we were just talking about, information about that is also on the website. And typically, that nomination time period happens in December. Is that right, Lucien? So
1: for the the awards are handed out at the Fall Institute. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great event. Uh, The nominations occur as much earlier in the year. And what I really enjoy about attending the awards luncheon, which happens sort of in the middle of the CLE programming for the fall institute is that you get to hear about just these incredible projects that are changing people's lives in the criminal justice uh, community and this year we heard about you know for example works that are being done by the navy with regards to uh, victim representation and assistance we got to hear about work related to uh, advocacy for juveniles in our criminal justice system Uh, we have an award that's for for prosecutors and and sort of for, for prosecutors focusing on um, their role as as, as bringing justice uh, to the system and, and really being gatekeepers in that way. Uh, and then of course we have uh, an award that, that goes to somebody who's just sort of dedicated uh, their career uh, to issues of criminal justice and, and ensuring that our criminal justice system is the strongest and best system that we could possibly have. And it's just great to hear about each of the recipients the works that they've done and the commitment uh, over a lifetime in many cases uh, to the issues that are so important to the criminal justice section. And the opportunity to kind of come together, have a luncheon and celebrate the work of these individuals is a really special part of our annual calendar. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to uh, watch for that nomination as well, and to be sure to pass along to that nominations committee uh, the names of people that you think are deserving of, of this kind of recognition.
0: That's great. Well, in, just to wrap up, we have two upcoming events. You mentioned we have the spring meeting in Nashville, and we will have a special day of programming for women in criminal justice, the Thursday of that program. We look forward to that. And then there's one other program in New Orleans, um, the first bit of March. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so looking forward, uh, as far as programming for 2019, we've got a really – strong start to the year as we always do i'm I'm excited about all the programs we have coming up Uh, we're going to have in new orleans the national white collar crime institute Uh, this is this is a very large program that brings together people in the white collar discipline from all uh, different aspects of practice Um, the department of justice is very involved in this conference so they'll send a lot of delegates down so it's a nice opportunity to hear from the enforcers other governmental agencies as well of course, a very strong presence by the Defense Bar, uh, we have those who also work on these issues from other perspectives like accountants, auditors. They're all engaged in this event and uh, this has really been just an incredible uh, uh, conference for us as a section. Uh, it's been going on for, for decades at this point and sort of as, as all of these things do, uh, it started very small uh, and over time it just grew. and. and and built itself into what it is today, which is sort of one of the largest conferences that the American Bar Association uh, hosts each year. And so I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to to be at that event in New Orleans this year uh, in in the spring, and to participate in what I know will be several days of really uh, compelling uh, presentations and and discussions about issues in white-collar crime. We'll then, uh, shortly thereafter, be meeting as a section in Nashville, my hometown, which is because one of the One of the perks of being chair, you get to bring people to your hometown and kind of show off your local community, and I'm excited to be bringing people uh, to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, We're going to be right downtown uh, at the Hilton Hotel. We're going to do a bunch of different programming. We're going to start with something that we've not done before, but it's part of our new works with the Women in Criminal Justice Task Force. We're going to have a full day of programming on Thursday that is being created and organized by the Women in Criminal Justice uh, Task Force. And it's gonna highlight sort of the issues that they're looking at. And it's gonna include one of those listening sessions that we've been talking about today, and that's gonna happen here in Las Vegas as well. So I'm really excited about that program. It's gonna end with what we typically do. We we typically, uh, on the Thursday evening of our spring meeting, we have a white collar crime town hall. So I'm excited that we're gonna have a white collar crime town hall This White Collar Crime Town Hall is going to be collapsed into the Women in Criminal Justice events for the day, and it's going to be a a White Collar Town Hall comprised entirely of women uh, in the discipline, and so I'm excited about that event, and then we'll have our sort of opening uh, reception after that. On Friday, uh, the programming is going to revolve around issues of criminal justice reform from different perspectives, so we're going to have, for example, a panel uh, of judges uh, who are going to talk about the role of the bench in criminal justice reform. And I'm excited about that panel. It's uh, being moderated by Judge Donald uh, of the Sixth Circuit and uh, is going to include uh, some Supreme Court justices from uh, from uh, jurisdictions around uh, around the Southeast. Uh, we also are going to have a panel on prosecutors as agents of change, uh, similar to what we did in, in D.C., but with a different focus. This time we're going to begin to drill down and this particular panel is going to look uh, at the idea of conviction integrity units uh, and consider the role of conviction integrity units today. Some of the other panels are going to look at issues like uh, uh, mass incarceration and the First Step Act. Where are we? What does that look like? I'm excited that uh, for that panel, one of the panelists is going to be uh, one of the attorneys who represented Santoya Brown, uh, which was a case from Tennessee that got a lot of publicity uh, recently. So I think that's going to be a really interesting and compelling discussion. Uh, we're also going to have um, a panel about the role of criminal justice reform at the states, so kind of a, a more close examination of the way that states are engaged uh, in criminal justice reform today. And then the final panel there is going to be uh, focusing on the issue of innovation in criminal justice reform, and I think that's, that's going to be a, a great opportunity to highlight a lot of the work of the section, and a lot of the the work of communities around the country to think about criminal justice reform in different ways. And so then we have a few uh, sort of special events that we're kind of throwing into the Friday programming. We're going to have a professor who uh, looks at music and has examined thousands of songs to look at the portrayal of attorneys and appointed counsel in songwriting, and she's going to uh, talk about that and maybe do a little performing for us. Um, as part of the event on Friday So I think it's going oh, <laughs> yeah, to be a lot of fun Something a little uh, different Give it a
0: little Nashville flavor too. That's right Well I figured yeah. we had to do something involving
1: some songwriting And Absolutely. some singing Because we are in Nashville but, Don't uh, want to
0: miss that chance
1: Yeah, at the end of the day we're going to have our reception And then we're going to have our council meeting on Saturday and Sunday So really, I think just a really nice opportunity to bring everybody to Nashville to talk about the kind of work that we as a section are really focused on um, at this point and to kind of learn from each other about what's happening nationally regarding these issues of criminal justice reform and the ways that people from different perspectives in the system are all working collaboratively and together uh, to kind of bring some change uh, to, to address a lot of the issues that we as a section and we as a criminal justice community have been identifying for a very long time. The other program that I'll mention uh, is gonna be in June, and that's the Global White Collar Crime Institute. This is one of our international outreach efforts. Um, It happens every two years. We've been sort of traveling around the, the globe to introduce our membership to new parts of the world, create unique and new networking opportunities for them, and to begin to address some of the issues from an international perspective in the field of white collar crime. And so, you know, the first of these was held in Shanghai. We then went to Sao Paulo. And now we're going to be in Prague and I think it's going to be a really uh, interesting and dynamic discussion uh, in part because it's going to be do it's going to occur in the backdrop of what's going on with the UK and Brexit and some of the changes that are occurring there Mm -hmm. so we're going to have an enforcers panel uh, which is going to have uh, enforcer personnel from various jurisdictions who are going to come together including the UK and the serious fraud office to kind of talk about where we're heading and, and what's next so again for those who are in the white collar field I think the Global Institute is gonna be a really interesting opportunity to meet colleagues from a new part of the world where we haven't really done programming before and to learn about what the unique issues are that are arising in those jurisdictions. Um, That you know, in in a global world where things are so uh, connected, particularly in the realm of of law, uh, that these are issues that will in some ways affect us right here in America as well, which I think is what's so exciting about our international programming these days. We're really able to bring together Um, these issues that are globally important and bring them into the section. And I'll note, you know, for example, with the National White Collar Crime Institute, we have seen in the last uh, few years, as we begin to do more programming internationally, a real uh, increase in attendance from international practitioners at the National White Collar Crime Institute. And I think it's just reflective of the way that the world is getting smaller. Legal issues are crossing boundaries more and more often. Uh, and we as a section are really trying to engage on those issues and expand our reach internationally and at the same time bring more international participants into the work that we're doing here uh, domestically in the United States.
0: That's great. Well, there's so much that's going on with this section. Hard to keep track of it all, um, but thank you again for taking the time to chat with us and share these highlights and we look forward to so much There's so much going on so thank you again Lucien and thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode of the podcast thank Jeff you for having Trump. me